What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you are watching or listening to this. Welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we sit down with an incredible woman killing it in the trades. Women are a, a massive minority within the skilled trades uh, across all of the industries, about 10%. In a lot of industries, as low as one, one and a half percent. So definitely a minority, but our numbers are rising, and there's a ton of amazing women who are just kicking butt every day, and they um, rarely have their stories heard or a light shown on them. And so this series is all about doing just that, and hopefully increasing our numbers in the future. My name is Bogey. I am your host for this series. I am a master auto mechanic by trade, but I have a love for all of the trades and getting more women into all hands-on skilled trade careers where you've got a career right here in your own two hands that nobody can take from you, can't be outsourced. You can always use it and you're always in high demand. So welcome. If you're new here, I appreciate you tuning in. Welcome to the series. Make sure you go get caught up on all the past episodes. This is episode 162, I think, 161. We've, we've done a lot of episodes, so a lot of incredible women that we have had on this series, some amazing stories, tons of inspiration, so make sure you go back and check those out. For those of you who are our regulars and are coming back, thank you guys for your loyalty and for always coming and hanging out with us this Wednesday evening. You are much appreciated. Um, I do have to also thank our sponsors. So this week's episode uh, is brought to you in part by the National Institute for Automotive Service Excellence. Uh, ASC was established in 1972, a long time ago, as a nonprofit organization, and it is a driving force in the industry, upholding and promoting high standards of service and repair. And you're probably most familiar with their certification and their Blue Seal Shop program. But what you may not know is all the work they do behind the scenes, particularly through their education foundation. So for example, one of the programs they have is an Adopt a School program, and it is basically a toolkit to help shops and businesses partner with their local schools to bring new apprentices and young people into the job and be successful as they transition from student into employee and worker. So a lot of really cool stuff they do. Definitely go check them out at asefoundation.org and that will be in the description down below. And then also this week's episode is brought to you in part by CRC Industries. Now, if you're a professional or a hobbyist or a DIYer, um, you probably use their products, even if you don't know their name. They're the name behind Break Clean and Knocker Loose and Safety Clean and all sorts of other amazing products that you use every day. Um, but in addition to that, they also do a ton of work behind the scenes. One that I'm one thing in particular that I'm very excited about, because I had a chance to participate in this build, CRC has partnered with TechForce Foundation, which is one of my favorite nonprofits, and they are doing a Build for the Future scholarship. They partnered with Clay Milliken, NHRA world champion, um, and Jeff Lutz from the popular TV series Street Outlaws. Um, I got to participate briefly in this build, but it's mostly them. They get to take all the credit. It's a 2006 GTO that is going to be auctioned off to create scholarships for 10 young people to kick off their career. And three of those 
have been reserved for women. So really exciting to see CRC uh, putting their name and their money behind bringing new people into the industry, but also particularly supporting women in the trades. So um, definitely go check out the link in the description to find out more about the scholarship or to apply or to pass that on to somebody else who you think should apply. Um, and um, they are not officially a sponsor tonight. However, Apex is coming up real, real soon, guys. And both CRC and ASE are going to be at Apex. I'm going to be at Apex. You all should be at Apex if you're in the automotive aftermarket. I know this series is not just for automotive folks, but if you are in the automotive aftermarket, you've got to be there. Um, the Build for the Future uh uh, GTO is going to be on display at SEMA and your badge to SEMA also gets you into Apex. So make sure you check out both of those incredible conferences and events coming up this first week of November. Link and information is all in, guess where? The description below. Um, all right, enough of me blabbing. We've got a really exciting guest tonight. I am super excited because like me, she got her start with Volkswagen Bugs. So you know we're going to be talking about bugs tonight. Um, she's got a really cool story. I'm really excited to meet her and learn more about her. Her name is Zoe Carmichael. Um, and I'm going to let her, I'm not going to steal her thunder and give the, the preview. I'm going to bring her on and let her tell her story herself. So without further ado, Miss Zoe Carmichael, how are you? Hi, good. How are you? I am fantastic. I am so excited to have you here. It's great to be on. And I see you've got you've got your bugs in the background. Yes, yes, I do. It's my miniature German car collection. I love it. That is amazing. How long have you been collecting miniature German cars? <laughs> Just a few years. Okay. But I've also got one I think you might like in particular. Yes. <gasps> and no. -uh. Yeah. That's awesome. Where did you find that? It was a gift from a friend of mine. That is amazing. Okay, for folks who are listening in podcast form, can you describe what that is? This is a very large Volkswagen Beetle. It is a hidden decanter inside of it as well. I love it. All of my favorite things, Volkswagen Bugs and Bourbon, although not at the same Me time, too. folks. Not no, oh, you're a Bourbon girl too? I am. Oh my goodness. We have so much in common. This is going to be great. So before we get into what you're currently doing, let's go back in time because this is this is a new thing for you. Tell me what you were doing in your last life um, <laughs> before, before air-cooled Volkswagens and classic cars came around. Well, I'm pretty new to this, like you mentioned. I got into it maybe six years ago. I was working at a boring office job and needed a new car. And I decided to buy my dream car and I searched and searched and I've always loved Volkswagens, just the shape of them. They're funny little cars. They just make you smile looking at them. And I decided I'd get one. I love it. Yeah. Were you, so you were always into bugs when you were younger too? Not really so much when I was younger. When okay. I was younger, I really liked the PT Cruiser. Like, oh my gosh, I really? I loved the PT Cruiser. <laughs> yeah. I was... Maybe four or five when they came out. Okay. <laughs> I might be dating myself there, but. That's okay. I guarantee yeah. I'm significantly older than you. So uh, <laughs> we're good. Um, so so you like the funny looking cars, clearly. PT Cruisers, yeah, Volkswagen I Bugs. Think so. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am the same way. I loved the way Volkswagen bugs looked and I knew nothing about cars, but I knew I loved them. So what made you like new car, really old car, new to you? Yeah. Um, like what made you say, yes, I'm going to go ahead and, and do this and take the plunge and buy an old car, even though I don't know much about them? I don't know. I just decided life was too short to drive something I didn't like. And I just kept scrolling on Craigslist, which is dating myself again, but (laughs) scrolling on Craigslist and just going through one after the other. And I found one that I really liked and I drove up out of state to go look at it and just fell in love with it. That's awesome. I can, I can date myself even further because I bought my Volkswagen bug off a classified ad in the newspaper before Craigslist existed. And it was only $500. Oh, wow. Mine is 5000 so that was, <laughs> was a good a, deal, even. It, yeah, no, seriously, they've gone up in price a ton. They really have, a yeah. Ton. And you had a beautiful one. What year is it? It's a 71. It's a okay. Super Beetle. Nice. Yeah. Okay, very cool. We are building a Super Beetle at the shop right now. We got to... We got to fly you out here and you can come play with Volkswagens with us. Annie's VWs, I see her in the comments. She's also, do you follow Annie? I do. Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to try to get her out to Phoenix to help with the Volkswagen build. So you should come out too. That sounds like a dream. I'd love that. That would be so awesome. Um, so, so you buy this bug. Do you know anything about cars? Nothing whatsoever. I was doing some research before I bought it, and a few people said if you've got a classic car, you either have a lot of time or a lot of money. And I hadn't either, but convinced myself I had both. So I was in a pickle pretty soon. <laughs> How long was it before it broke down for the first time? A couple weeks, maybe, tops. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and this but- is why Volkswagen bugs are the gateway drug. <laughs> yes, it is. They certainly are in the best possible way. 100%. 100%. So it breaks down. You have neither time nor money. Um, what what spurs you to be like, I'm going to learn how to do this myself? <laughs> well, the office job that I was working at, uh, there was a guy who worked right across the parking lot who also had a Volkswagen. Okay. And he did all the work himself and really encouraged me to do it. He became a mentor to me. He might be watching in case he is. Hi, Yay. Keith. Yeah. And he just took me under his wing and showed me the ropes. And here I am. That's uh, Cheers to awesome mentors and to men out there that are that guy that believes in girls and gives them a chance. Yeah, you can't toast and not take a sip. Sorry, that was very rude. Um, so thank you to your mentor. What did you say his name was? His name's Keith. Keith, thank you. Cheers to you. Um, so he took you under his wing. And then what about it grabbed you enough that you're like, not only do I want to work on my own car, but now I want to totally change my career and do something totally different? I remember the first time I ever did like a major maintenance on it. It was just doing the valve adjustment. And I woke up early in the morning, like crack of dawn, went outside. I lived in an apartment complex at the time, and I was just on my back in the parking lot, just looking up at it, trying to read from the manual, from the How to Keep Your Volkswagen Alive The best book ever. 
Yes, it's like the Bible almost. (laughs) It is. (laughs) And yeah, just reading it over and over, just checking everything. And by the time the sun went down, I was turning the key and just the feeling, you know, the heart sinking feeling of, is this Mm going to run? And I started it up and it just sounded beautiful. And my hands were coated in oil and I just felt amazing. What what about it felt amazing? Can you just can you describe that moment? Because I I know that moment, but some some others may not. So describe that feeling. I would describe it as just empowerment. Like I did something myself. I took something that wasn't running great before, and now it sings. I don't know. It's yeah. hard to describe it. It is. It's an indescribable feeling. And and anybody who hasn't experienced it, like I encourage it like that beauty. That's why I love the trades. Right. It's that like it's it's right here. I did it in my hands with my hands. I made this thing that didn't work work. And now it's awesome. And it feels absolutely, absolutely incredible. And you were so good. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. From the start. I love it. So when did the decision come? to go to school for it. And from there, I was still working at my office job, commuting back and forth. And I was listening to the radio one day and there was an ad for the community college for the automotive technology program. And I thought I could do that. And I had just paid off my car. I had a small loan from the bank for it. And I thought what I could do next and just decided, you know, I could do that. I love it. And just took the plunge. Yeah, I was in it from the start. I love it. How did your family and friends react to this, like, dramatic shift in your life? They were shocked, of course, (laughs) but they probably saw it coming. Okay. Were you... I've always liked old cars. Okay. Were you, like, a mechanically-minded kid? Were you, like, a, a... puzzle kit or I was always the one who would put together the furniture out of the box Mm -hmm. and I remember when I was maybe a toddler I would take apart my mom's pens she was a pen collector like really fancy pens oh and I know how every pen works now but I broke all of her pens Amazing. I'm so glad you brought that up because there was actually a comment uh, and I don't know if you noticed it. Kenneth was asking to ask you about her mother's fancy ballpoint fountain pens. <laughs> <laughs> so that seriously was like the beginning when you were itty bitty. Yeah, just taking things apart and putting them back together, figuring out how things work. I love it. Okay, so you had a mechanical brain from the get-go. You just hadn't really had an opportunity to like go down that path yet at that point. Yeah, I didn't have that in my mind at all. But I remember taking an aptitude test back in middle school or high school. And it said based on my aptitude for taking things apart, and the amount of social interaction I need that I should be a mortician. That's an interesting one. Yeah, didn't mention mechanic, though, at all. (laughs) But that's uh, fascinating. The same. Yeah. <laughs> taking apart dead people, taking apart dead cars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except the car's the car's not gonna talk to you either. 
I mean, I, I would hope as a mortician, your patient isn't going to talk to you. <laughs> I would hope not, too. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. There is some similarity there in like, I always I always talk about mechanics as being car doctors, right? Like we we work on systems and we diagnose the same way doctors do with their patients. Um, it's fascinating that they didn't have mechanic as something on there. Do you we have to find who wrote those tests and talk to them about that. But do you feel like it was a gender thing or was it just not like a, was it a blue collar, white collar, like everybody should go to college kind of thing? It was probably a little bit of both. They were all mostly like degree careers and mechanic wasn't on there at all. Interesting. Not for, not for guys or girls. Not for me, at least. I'm yeah. sure the guys probably got it. Interesting. It's, I, I, you know, I, I interview a lot of women and I, I definitely hear a lot of like real positive stories and like things that are improving in the world. But just to like hear that, you know, we're so many years apart, you and I, and yet so very similar in like how we got our start and that moment of wanting to get into it, but having it never been exposed to us as an opportunity. The fact that with so many years that we still are not putting that out there as an option to young kids like yourself who had mechanical aptitude and expressed interest in, in that sort of stuff, that that was not put out for you as an opportunity is just really sad to me. Yeah, but I mean, it's getting better, I think. It a is. lot of younger kids are getting into it a lot sooner and yeah, that's good hope for the future for me at least. That's Absolutely. And you found your way to it ultimately, and you didn't have to wait True. too long in your life. So I'm, I'm happy about that. So, so your parents maybe saw it come in, family, friends kind of saw it come in. So they were supportive? Yeah, they were. Awesome. They decided it was better than paying someone else to do all the work on it. So fair. Win-win. <laughs> so you enroll in this, in this program. Tell me about the program that you went to. I went to the Wake Tech Community College in Raleigh. I'm from North okay. Carolina. Okay. Yeah, it was a two-year associate's degree in automotive technology. Okay. They teach all the basics, the foundation, and they go to more complicated things like electronics and sensors. But uh, with a classic car, not too much of that really overlapped. Yeah. Whenever it got really interesting, it was like, oh yeah, but nobody does that anymore and just ends the lecture there. And that was the good part for me. So I okay. thought I could go and try to find another place that teaches about classic cars. And I did that. Okay. So did the newer technology just not interest you at all from the get-go? You were always all about the classics? I was all about the classics. I was completely bored by sensors. I know how they <laughs> work, but... Uh, it's a computer. <laughs> as as a lover of modern car, working on modern cars, that hurts my heart a little bit, but I get it. <laughs> I do understand. So did you graduate from that program, the associates program? I did. Yeah, it took okay. two years. It was around COVID time. So half of it was virtual, which okay. was a little tough. Yeah. Doing hands-on things and not being there all the time. But yeah, that had to be challenging. How how was the program for you aside from the COVID piece of it and the challenges there? Were they were they accepting? Were they supportive? It was great. All of my teachers were incredible. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know anything when I got there aside from everything that I worked on on Volkswagen. 
when I went there, I didn't even know how to change a tire and graduated with a top of my class. And nice. I feel like it was a big accomplishment. Absolutely. Congratulations. That's huge. Um, to go in knowing so little and come out on top. That's phenomenal. And that they were so supportive. That's really, really awesome to hear. I know I don't see Mike in the comments, but I know uh, if he were on, he'd be asking, um, in addition to your mentor, Keith, who is in the in the comments. Um, did you have any other, um, and he's very supportive saying you're awesome. Um, did you have any other mentors throughout the school program um, that were particularly stood out to you? Yeah, the first year, my instructor, Mr. Story was awesome. He is more of an electrician by trade now, but okay. he taught me all the basics, like changing a tire, like I mentioned. He taught me how to diagnose bad wheel bearings and like suspension work and engine work. Nice. I think engine work is still my favorite. Yeah. I, I am with you there. I love doing engine work. That's why you got to come help us build this engine. Oh, I got to. Yeah. We're, we're looking at, at beginning of, de of December. So we'll talk. We'll talk. Offline, we'll make something happen. Um, all right, so you know in this moment that you like the classics, you don't like the new stuff, you want to stay with classics. So what was your next step after you graduated? And uh, when I decided I didn't want to work on newer cars, I was looking at a all-women shop up in Philadelphia. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Oh, yeah. She, uh, pa uh, Patrice Spank. Yeah, Patrice. Yeah, Patrice Spanks. Yes. Yes, I would have loved to work there, but newer cars were not my thing, unfortunately. <laughs> so I decided I would go and learn some more about old cars. And I was doing a Google search one day, right around the time I was about to graduate. And I found a college out in Kansas that teaches automotive restoration in historic ways. And it's the only college in the country that does it as a bachelor's degree. So I was very intrigued and I looked it up some more and I was completely sold on the idea and decided I would move to Kansas. <laughs> That's a big move. Um, but McPherson uh -huh. is worth it. They're a phenomenal school. Um, anybody who's not familiar, definitely go check out McPher McPherson. They are they are not a sponsor of this podcast, so I'm not being paid to say this, um, but they are a wonderful college. They offer incredible programs um, and you should definitely, definitely check them out. And they are, they're the only, they're the only college in the country that offers this kind of program, right? Yeah. As a bachelor's degree, even they yeah. teach you everything like sheet metal, upholstery, woodworking, even for like Amazing. wood frame cars that are like a hundred years old. And it's honestly like, Top notch. That's amazing. And it's so it's a four year program, four year degree. Mm -hmm. Wow. So as now that you're learning like all the things, you're learning metal and paint and all of the stuff. Do you has anything like pulled you away from engines and like piqued your interest? Or are you still like a diehard like engines are my my thing? I still love engines, but <laughs> uh, the history behind cars is a lot more fascinating to me. Just learning just the stories behind the cars and why they were built the way they were built. It's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think that's like, that's probably the biggest part that I love about cars. I like the puzzle of them, but yeah. like not only the cars have a story, but like the owners and like, there's, I think that's like what brings people together at car shows. Like no matter who you are, where you come from, like 
the cars and the stories behind them bring us together. Yeah, I'm sure you might have experienced this with your Beetle, but whenever I'm even at a gas station, people walk up and talk to me about the Volkswagen they had when they were a kid and the ones that their parents had. And there's always yes. a story for Volkswagen. Yes, everybody has a story. I wish like we could see a show of hands from the audience. Like, um, like who doesn't have a story about a Volkswagen bug? Like, that's just, it's just part of Americana. Um, yeah. So, that's awesome. Um, so we've got a question from, from the audience um, and I'm gonna bring it on screen. So um, Kenneth is asking, how how it's been, what your experience has been, not only as a woman, but as a person of color in this industry, because you're a you're a double minority, right? Yeah, yes, I am. How it's, has that been? It's a little hard at times being the only person like myself in a room or you can pick me out of a crowd pretty easy at a car show. But right. I tell myself that if there's not one, there can't be two. And if people see mm. it, they can be it. So I just want to be there for people who might be worried about getting into it or a little anxious about going places that they don't see themselves in. So I don't know. I kind of stick it out. That's fantastic. And it's a great attitude. I think you're absolutely right. Like it is. I love that the way you said that if there's, if there's not one, there can't be two. And um, that's a powerful, that's a powerful way of saying it. Um, how how have you, I mean, aside from giving yourself that pep rally and reminding yourself of the 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 good that you're doing by being an inspiration to others and being an example and being visible so that other people can look at you and say, like, I can do that, right? That's that's huge in and of itself. But how how have you handled it? Do you like have you found resources? Have you found other people out in the world wide webs that you can connect with to What's been your strategy for for dealing with that? Like, I know just as a woman, it's incredibly lonely. So, like, I've I've experienced a piece of it, and I can only imagine having another layer on top of that. How has have you handled that? Yeah, there is that. Um, but I kind of cope with it by looking at other women in history who've been kind of the outliers and just trailblazers in their own right. And I've got a really good group of supporters and people who I can talk to. There is the Jesse Combs Foundation of the recipients of that. We all get together every month and we have a little chat and we talk about all the things that we're experiencing and talk each other up, give each other a little pep rally. And yeah. I don't know, it's really good to have a support system. It so is. I think that's like, I feel like that's the number one thing, like no matter, no matter what, right? Like male, female, black, white, gay, straight, whatever, like having support around you is like, what's going to determine whether you're successful or not. Um, and for anybody who's not familiar with the Jesse Combs Foundation, um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit here, um, but definitely go check them out. And I interviewed Dana, one of the board members who's um, very involved in the community that Zoe is talking about. Um, she was on an episode a couple of months back, so you can check out her episode as well. But um, they do some really cool stuff, really building that community and giving that support system to, to the young women kind of coming up in the field. So. I'm so glad that you have that. So tell us about the Jesse Combs Foundation and how you got the scholarship and, and all of that. That was to go to McPherson? Yes, or yes, Were you was. already enrolled? 
I got the first scholarship two years ago. So that would be their second year of the foundation. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. What was that like? It was incredible. Like that they would even like see me was just mind blowing. I don't know, but getting to meet them has been a whole different experience. Like they're the raddest, baddest people I've ever met. (laughs) They really are. It's an incredible group of women. You're, you're amongst, amongst good people with that group. And then you've also done some stuff with Real Deal Revolution as well, which also does work with Jessica Combs Foundation, right? Yes, we were at Sturgis together this past August. Okay. And we had a little, there was a Women's Day on one of the days there. And we all had workshops. There were women welding and doing just automotive jewelry and painting, pinstriping, like the whole nine yards. It was incredible. I love it. So um, two things that I want to, I want to, I want to dive into that a little bit. Um, But I also, I want to take a moment to tease everybody or throw a little teaser out there because Zoe has worked with Jesse Combs Foundation and been involved with them. She's been involved with Real Deal Revolution. And now she's hanging out with me here on this podcast, which means she's involved in my organization. Um, And so now I'm going to tease you guys that we have something really big coming up uh, between these three organizations. Uh, And so stay tuned, but we'll be releasing more details soon, but at SEMA and at APEX. So if anybody here is in the automotive industry, if you plan on going to SEMA, um, by the way, Zoe, are you coming to SEMA? I think so. I'm going to try to make it. We need to get you over there. That has to happen. Um, So Jesse Cohn's Foundation, Real Deal Revolution, and Girl Gang Garage, my organization here in Phoenix, um, the three of us, um, or the three groups, are collaborating to create a women-focused space within SEMA. We're going to have a couple of different vehicles that have all been built or worked on by women um, and just celebrating women within the automotive industry and really doing it up. It's going to be a very, very cool space um, with all sorts of cool appearances and conversations and hangout and workshops. Real Deal Revolution is having some workshops there. Um, So if you're going to SEMA, make sure you come check out our booth and uh, maybe Zoe will be hanging out there too with us so you can get to meet her in real life. Um, but it's going to be pretty cool. And it's that whole idea of like, together we can do more. And I think that's like at the heart of what each of our organizations is trying to do, right? Jesse Combs Foundation and bringing you and all the other scholarship winners together is about Together, you can do more. You can go farther. You can be more successful. Um, same thing with Real Deal Revolution and Girl Gang Garage. And so why not all three of our groups get together and do even more? Because when we work together, we are stronger. So that is coming. So stay tuned, guys, for more information about that. But getting back to Zoe, I know in talking to lots of folks throughout the industry and throughout my years that a lot of times men particularly will say, I just don't understand. Like, why does it matter? Why is, why are these women's groups so important? Um, Why is there a need for it? Can you talk to me a little bit more about like what the value it's had in, in your life and your career thus far and like why it matters, why we need these groups? 
that's a really, really important thing for us because it's hard to have people to talk to, you know, just like one of the girls almost welded her braid off while she was at work and she couldn't walk up to the guys and be like, hey, <laughs> and she was at one of the, the video chats and we all got it. We have long hair. We wear jewelry. We we just have different experiences and it's hard to kind of relate to other people, other men in the industry and having other women to talk to you is just really, really important. Yeah. Have you noticed a big shift in your, like, in your attitude and your confidence and your whatever since connecting with these groups? I really have. Like, you know, the imposter syndrome, the I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be here. I don't really believe in myself. And just having people tell me, you got this, you're rocking it. And just to believe in yourself, having other people to tell you that is invaluable. Yeah, 100%. And and we all have those voices sometimes, right? Like, and it's, it's, that's why we need people around us to be, be the one to cheer us on when we're feeling low and then we cheer them on when they're feeling low. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's one of those things I feel like it's hard to explain anybody who's never been a minority, right. Has been in a minority position where like they, they are not surrounded by people like themselves. They don't, it's hard to explain what, what that does to be able to talk to other people who share that experience and like be validated. I feel like it's hard to explain that to people. Yeah, it really is. At uh, the college, there's maybe 200 of us. And okay. right now we've had the most amount of women we've ever had in the program, nice. which is great. It's about 10 of us, which is not enough, but it's still incredible. Yeah. And yeah, we just need to band together. And Absolutely. Yeah. that's awesome. So 10 out of 300, that's actually not, I don't, I'm not good at math. I don't know what that percentage is, but. Uh... It's about 200, a little less than 200. Okay. But uh, 10%, I'm not good at math either. I'm not, yeah, I'm horrible at math. Um, I will say that when I went to Universal Technical Institute, there were like 3000 guys and seven women. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> so times are changing. Uh, we are making progress. So how are your how are your classmates, your your male classmates at McPherson equally supportive as at the the other college or it's not as bad as I thought it would be, I've got to okay. say. Okay. Were you thinking yeah. it was going to be bad? <laughs> I thought it would be a little worse, but okay. every person that I've met, with the exception of one or two, has been pretty good. That's awesome. Teachers as well? Teachers are incredible. That's yeah, they will help you out in any way possible. That's awesome. That's really cool. It's good to hear. I've I've heard only good things about them. And there's we've had a couple of other women who are graduates of McPherson who've been on the series. Um, I'll have to connect you with them offline because no one alumni from the school is always a good thing. So I'll, I'll yeah, make sure I connect. I think you, you guys. had an episode with Abigail Morgan. Yes. 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 She's still here. She's amazing. Yes. When I posted that you were going to be the guest, she was like, "Oh, Zoe's amazing." <laughs> I love her. She's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Um, so, um, 
So you're in school now. How much longer do you have? I'll graduate next May. So I've okay. got nine months, maybe, okay. maybe less. Coming, coming yeah. up fast. Do you know? The clock's what, a ticking. Right. Do you know what's next for you? I'm not really sure. There's a lot of options out there for me. I've okay. got a great job right now that I just love and I might stay there for a while. Okay. Or Talk to I'm us like, about your job. I work at a car museum. I work at the garage here. Awesome. It's a female-led car museum, That's which awesome. is pretty rare. Yes. Yeah. It's brand spanking new. We opened a little less than two years ago. Okay. And we've got all different types, different types of cars in there. We've got classics. We've got hot rods. We've got customs. Right now we have Corvettes, but okay. it's really fun to work there. That's awesome. So what do you get to do there? Are you helping maintain the vehicles? Yeah, I'm the vehicle maintenance coordinator. I just make sure everything's not falling apart while it's on the floor. And yeah, I kind of babysit cars. That's what it feels like. <laughs> that sounds about right. But you're getting to work on all sorts of different types of classics. Oh, yeah. So are you still diehard Volkswagen loyal or are you liking some of these other classics? Have any of them stolen your heart? Volkswagen diehard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I gotta say. Yes. <laughs> My blood type is 2050. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So now that you have more experience, right, and working on other vehicles, why still Volkswagen? They just make me happy. I don't know. Aww. Just looking at them. I know. I... They have a special place in my heart. I I mean, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Annie says V-dub for life. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so it's so interesting. Like I I've all of this Volkswagen stuff like has been coming up recently for me. We did we've got um another teaser here, a couple of air-cooled Volkswagen episodes coming up on All Girls Garage. Um, one of the women who was involved in all female builds is doing a bug that we're helping her out with at the shop. Like all of this stuff is happening and it's like, oh, it's like, it feels like a homecoming. I'm like, yeah, like it's, there's just a special place there. I still have my first bug. I will never really? get rid of him. I do. He's a 74. 74. Uh, yeah. What's his name? His name is uh, Jaffe. Jaffe. Which was after a Jack Kerouac character, um, you know, the the beatnik hippie, like wandering the country, bohemian thing. So there, <laughs> there was something about it that I was just all about back then. But yeah, I'll never get rid of him. There's always a special place there for for Volkswagens. They'll never go I away. I could never get rid of mine either. No, nice. I nice. want it to outlive me for sure. I, I mean, Volkswagen bugs are like they're named appropriately. Like they're nothing's gonna kill them. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I should correct that. Everything is going to kill them, but they're so easy to fix that they'll always right. be around. Maybe rust. Rust will kill them pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Is yours pretty rust free or you did you get lucky? Yeah. Or? It's pretty good. Pretty rust free. It's got a little rust here and there, but nothing that a patch can't fix. Yeah. Does yours have a name? No. Even <gasps> after... Six years, I haven't named it. Nothing what? seems right. Is it a boy or Other girl? people have named it, though. Oh, what have other people named it? My mom calls it Smurfette. <laughs> okay. A lot of people call it Ladybug. Okay. And my license plate is Ladyland after Jimi Hendrix's album. 
So I was going to ask you where that came from. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, so is your bug a girl? Neither. Okay. It's a, yeah, a non-binary bug. Okay. I like that. I've always been obnoxious and always named all of my inanimate objects after men because men have been naming inanimate objects after women for eternity. So I like, you know, flipping the script a little bit, like just out of being a brat. But I like that your car is actually non-gendered, which is what all cars really are. (laughs) My instructor at community college called it Shirley because slowly but surely. Oh, well, <laughs> I like that one though. It's kind of cute. <laughs> that is cute, and it is true because that is one thing we are always doing in Volkswagen Bugs is apologizing to the people behind us that we yes. are not going any faster. <laughs> What's the fastest you've ever been in your Volkswagen? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, does like going downhill count when you've got momentum to make you go faster? <laughs> yeah, I'll do that counts. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I've definitely over the speed limit. I've gotten it over the speed limit for sure. Um, I drove across country with a 1600 engine and it just a stock engine. So nothing fancy. Um, and we definitely got it up to speed a little bit, but with the help of Hills for sure. Um, how about you? 85. Okay. Neither time was intentional though. (laughs) Does it does it get a little squirrely at 85? It's like it's going to shake itself apart. It's terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Like they can go fast. They just shouldn't because they, they just should don't not feel Mm-mm. safe. But the cool part about bugs is like even though they're going slow because they're so old and the suspension's so horrible and everything's so bad, like you feel like you're going really fast. Yeah, you do. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> I have a little Nash Metropolitan. And uh, I, love I, those. I swear at 30, it feels like it's flying just because it's it feels like it's going to fall apart around you. Um, so you're not going very fast, but you're smiling ear to ear the entire time. Like, always. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you have the stock engine in yours? Yeah, it's the stock 1600. Do you have mm-hmm. plans to do anything different? Are you keeping her keeping her it? Excuse me. Sorry, I just gendered your car. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I've been thinking about putting dual levers on it, but that's probably about as far as I'd go. All right. Fair enough. So not building up a big race car? Not really. No. Though I was reading the other day, there was a lady out in California who broke the speed record for a Volkswagen going across country in 48 hours. What? And I'm thinking I might want to go for that myself. What was the, what was the record? I'm not sure what the record was previously, but she definitely said it. She went from San Francisco to New York in okay. 48 hours. That's Still insane. Still seventy the whole way. Oh my goodness. It's kind of doable, I think. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's a good challenge. I feel like maybe we need to rally all of the Volkswagen bug girls that we know and do a cross-country race. Legally. That sounds fun. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We uh we might need to figure something out. <laughs> Sign me up. 
<laughs> awesome. Uh, I just see Patrice uh, just joined in and she's saying, asking if we're all going to, if you're going to see me with the bug, she says it's hot. I agree. Your bug is beautiful. Um, that begs the question, Patrice, who was also a guest on the series in the past, are you coming to SEMA, girl? Um, you better get your butt out there. Um, <laughs> love to see you. I remember her episode. I would love yeah. to meet her. Right? She's fantastic. Uh, anybody who has not watched Patrice's episode, definitely go watch it. She is an, an inspiration and a, a fierce woman. Definitely will give you some stuff to think about. She's a good one. So... Um, so you mentioned with your current job that there was some other options. Are you debating between other, other things? Do you have some other opportunities on the table? A few different opportunities, a couple that I shouldn't talk about because uh -oh. I might jinx it. <gasps> okay. But, uh, I might go back to school for a master's or PhD in history. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just okay. love history, especially automotive history would nice. be really, really fascinating. Okay. So you're like, this museum thing is very appropriate for you. You're really diving into the history side of things. That's very cool. Okay. Well, we don't want to jinx it, but everybody who's watching, we need to all send like really good vibes that whatever, whatever is meant to be, but that this, whatever it is works out for you. So are your thoughts, like, do you think you'll want to continue wrenching and building? Do you think you want to dive more into the history and, and be more on the curation side or the maybe even journalism side? Do you know? Or are you still just I'm exploring really that? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, just exploring right now. But I'd love to do it all if I can. That's awesome. Okay, so let's let's talk some history do you have any like particular like piece of automotive history that you just like find fascinating and really love and would like to share with everybody that might surprise us or just as something that you're into i put you on the spot no it's <laughs> fine i really like volkswagen history it's just a starting point but uh just learning the history behind a volkswagen just yeah. there's a lot of stories behind it and a lot of designers that didn't get credit mm. because of uh the origin story that most people are familiar with right yep yeah so it has ferdinand, a lot happier beginnings than do you want to share so ferdinand porsche gets a lot of the credit and then obviously a lot of stuff with there's there's the whole nazi connection and all of that yeah. which um of course as a as a person of Jewish heritage, when I bought my bug, my parents were um, not supportive <laughs> because That's of that understandable. whole connection. Yep. Um, so, so what's the what are the more positive origin that people may not know? Well, the Beetle was a whole combination of designs. There was a guy named Joseph Gantz who was from Austria, and he designed a really similar looking beetle. And he was also Jewish and oh. his patents were stolen by a certain dictator and huh. he had to flee the country. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. There's a whole documentary on it. It's really, really good. But oh my gosh, I'm a bad Volkswagen enthusiast. My goodness. No, How do I not like, know this? What is the documentary? 
It's called How I Lost My Beetle. Interesting. Oh, I'm looking that yeah. up tonight. It's really good. I think it's on YouTube. Okay. Very interesting. So there was a Jewish designer who had his designs stolen by the Nazi regime, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about but, right. Uh, okay. It, yeah. <laughs> and there were a lot of other cars that were pretty similar. The rear engined air cooled was kind of a trend back in the 30s. And a lot of cars looked really similar to the Beetle, mm. but wasn't the official end product. Gotcha. Interesting. And you're like, so I guess I'm, I'm a bad, I'm a bad history person. Um, I did not know that air colds were a, a theme or a trend back then. Um, so there were a lot of other cars that were using air cooled engines at the time. Yeah. There's one that's really, really cool called the Tatra. It's okay. a Hemi, a Hemi air cooled Hemi V8. Interesting. Could go like 130 miles an hour. What? And it was called the Nazi killer. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could dive deep on this. You've got a wealth of information. I knew nothing about this. That's fascinating. It's Why, so cool. Maybe my what, dream car. <laughs> even more so than a, than Volkswagen Bugs? This is your dream my car? My top two. Okay. Top two. Okay. So what earned it the, the name the Nazi killer? It was built in the Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia. Okay. okay. And it was just really fast. Did they use it as a military? Was it a military vehicle? When Germany invaded, they shut down the factory. So maybe there is some kind of tension between the two there. Okay. Interesting. That's fascinating. This is a well, you're a wealth of information and I'm feeling foolish for not knowing all of this. <laughs> it's really fun to learn about and it's not very commonly known. No, it is not known at all. I had no idea. Um, where where can people dig into more of this? Do you have any like resource aside from the movie? Are there other places that? Oh my goodness, I love it. Montana just said uh, <laughs> Zoe needs to do a whole YouTube channel on the history of cars. <gasps> you would I be would love that. amazing be at that. That would be really fun. <laughs> It's like story time with Zoe is going to tell us the history of cars. I like this. <laughs> Got to think about a theme song. <laughs> You're awesome. I like your attitude. <laughs> like right away. Like all right, we need a theme song. This is awesome. Any, do, do, we have, do we have any musical composers or musicians in the audience? We need a theme song for Zoe's uh, car story time. <laughs> this is awesome. So. What other what other air cooled? Do you have any other fun air cooled cars that were around that people don't know about? Those are my top two. Those are the top two. Okay. Top two that I like, but okay. I really like motorcycles too. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So air cooled motorcycles as well. Are I saw you were getting into motorcycles. Are you strictly on the air cooled motorcycles, or do you like water cooled motorcycles too? I like air cooled. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if I just don't like radiators or what, but <laughs> what do you got against radiators? Cold. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So you're getting into old motorcycles now as well. Do you have a favorite motorcycle? I really want a Vincent black shadow. Like 
black shadow. Okay, they were built we're in find a photo the of late forties. Okay, there's a crazy picture of a guy on the Bonneville Salt Flats, like in a bikini, like a swimsuit, just going okay. flat out. It was the fastest production motorcycle at the time. It oh, wow. went like one twenty. Okay, it was a death trap, which is why they called it the death trap. But they called yeah. it the death trap. It was a death trap just because it went so fast. And they actually it called was, it that? <laughs> not quote for quote, but yeah, <laughs> people just said Essentially, yeah. Pretty much. Oh my gosh. Okay. So are they, I'm assuming they're difficult to come by? They're very rare. They're like a hundred grand now. Oh boy. So if I ever okay. win the lottery. Okay. Or when story time with Zoe takes off oh, on yeah, YouTube. For sure. Totally doable. I see this happening. There's a future here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, so if there was one car or motorcycle, aside from the ones you've mentioned so far that you could just like to work on, do you have like a, like something that you'd love to get your hands on working on? Hmm. A wish list item. Have you seen the BMW Izettas? Yes. Yeah. I would oh love my gosh. I, are you sure you're not my like sister from another mister? Because <laughs> like, oh my gosh, we have all the same taste and like the same story, just like 20 years apart. That's so fun. I love Izettas. Yeah, they're so tiny. They are. So you'll have to look up um, Aaron Hagar. Have you heard of him? I'm not sure uh, if I have. I rat... Rat Runner's Garage, I think. I'm probably getting it wrong because I'm horrible and I haven't slept in a while. But um, he, Aaron Hagar on Instagram, he has like four of them. He has four Izettas. Four? Yes. Does he just collect them or? I got like a, I, I, I don't know what the plan is. I think like some of them are not, I mean, they're not all in great shape. So like they're going to be donor and parts and whatnot. I'm not sure where he's at with them, but he got like a, like a whole crate of them. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's very cool. So you should definitely awesome. check, check that out. Yeah. there. If anybody is not familiar with an Izetta, it's this weird BMW three-wheeled car where it's it's one wheel in the front, right? It's one wheel in the front, two in the back. And like the two front, wheels in the front. I know there are some four-wheel versions, but I think the two are in the back. Yeah. And then the one is in the front. And it's like a one-seater. And like the front yeah. of it opens out front like a refrigerator. Yeah. And they're goofy looking. They're goofy looking. I, that is one of my dream cars. I would love to have one of those. 100%. Yeah. It's, I think I it's met someone who, who found one in the woods and oh. dragged it out and restored it to like <gasps> top tier restoration. Nice. And that is a gorgeous little Isetta that she has. That's so cool. I'm jealous. I would love an Izetta. All right. We're going to go on the hunt for an Izetta for the next all-female build, y'all. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, how about working on things, like types of work? You've done welding. You've done mechanical. You've done paint. You've done body. You've done, like, all of these things. Um, 
Is there anything that you've not done yet that you'd like to try as far as like skills or is there, are there any of those that you're like, yeah, I don't ever need to do that again. That's not for me. <laughs> hmm. Upholstery, I'd say. is That you would like to do? One of my biggest challenges. I'm doing an interior restoration on the Beetle right now. Okay. I'm putting nice. some new seats in. Awesome. Yeah, some new carpeting, new headliner. And it's a work in progress, but I'm really yeah. excited. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't um I haven't done much upholstery either. It's definitely something that I would like to learn. That's a whole whole nother skill set. Anything you don't like. Hmm. Not really, no. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I think I found the one thing that I don't like and I never need to do again is buffing. Buffing. I hate buffing. <laughs> it is the worst. Yeah, sanding is, it takes a lot out of you. I don't mind sanding. I don't like buffing with the buffer. It's like, it's too with big. Yeah, like when you like polish, I just don't like the buffer. I don't know. <laughs> There's something about it that I just don't like. And I don't, I did it for like five minutes and I don't ever need to do it again. So you don't like the machine buffer or would you buff by hand? I, I, yeah, I, can, I'll, I don't mind hand doing stuff. I mean, you're not going to really buff it all that well by hand, but like I'll like polish and wax and whatnot, but like the, the hand buffer, the machine thing, don't like it. <laughs> all right. Um, so we have just a few short minutes left. So I know this hour went fast, didn't it? Time flies. I know, right? And you were nervous. You did amazing, by the way. Couldn't tell you were nervous at all. You did fantastic. Oh, thank you. So in our last few moments, my question that I always like to ask is if you had the opportunity to talk to the younger you, little baby Zoe, um, and give her some words of inspiration or advice um, or to another little girl like you out there, what are your words to her? Hmm. I was a child of Blue's Clues, like a kid's show back in the 90s. Uh -huh. And there was, like every episode, the guy would say, if you use your mind and take a step at a time, you can do anything you want to do. And that has always stuck with me. So I think I'd say that. I love that. That is perfect. You were the first person to quote Blue's Clues, and I absolutely love it. That's fantastic. Um, and a great <laughs> note to end on because it is totally true. Um, you've got a lot of fans in the comments. People are really enjoying hearing your stories and getting to know you. So thank you so very much, Zoe, for saying yes and agreeing to come on here and share your story. And I'm sure there's a whole lot more that we barely got to talk about. So folks, if you don't follow her, go follow her. I'm going to have a link to her Instagram and her Facebook in the description. So make sure you go check her out, show her some support, see how her story continues to unfold and where she ends up next. And who knows, maybe we're going to get a theme song together for her story hour and uh, we'll make that happen because I, I will watch that. I would 100% watch that. <laughs> so with that, thank you so much. For, for joining us tonight, Zoe. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. 
Absolutely. My pleasure is all mine. All mine. And folks at home, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed meeting Zoe as much as I did from the comments. It looks like you did. Um, so thank you for hanging out with us this evening, spending part of your day with us. Make sure you come back next Wednesday to meet another incredible tradeswoman. And of course, every Monday night, uh, we release an archive episode from this series's past life as um, the Trades Lady Happy Hour that lived on Instagram. So we're slowly releasing those archive episodes over time. So come join us in the comments for the premiere Monday night and our live chats Wednesday, Wednesday nights. And of course, you can listen to any of the podcasts anytime, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream. And if you like this series, if you want more of this, please hit like, please hit subscribe, leave comments. Um, all of that interaction helps more people see these episodes and meet these incredible women and be inspired by them. And who knows, we might just change somebody's life because as Zoe so wisely said, um, if she can see it, she can be it. And if there isn't one, there can't be two. So people need to see these incredible women and see them being successful and making their way in this in these industries. So help this series get out to more people. If you have ideas for a topic or a panel discussion or a particular thing that you'd love to hear us cover on this series, send us a message. Contact information is on the YouTube channel, or of course you can reach out through Instagram or YouTube or Facebook as well. Um, and with that, final thank you to our sponsors for this week's episode, CRC and ASE, both both doing incredible things for the industry, both uh, in front of the scenes as well as behind the scenes that most folks don't know about. Make sure you go check them out and all of their cool initiatives in the description below. And if you haven't gotten your ticket for Apex yet, go get your ticket for Apex and um, make sure you come to SEMA for the Jesse Combs Real Deal Revolution Girl Gang Garage collaboration because together we are stronger, we do more, we can make more change, and um, we are more effective when we are together. Together we rise. So with that, I'm going to bid you guys all a good night. Be good to yourselves, be good to one another, and we'll see you next time.